Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast here on Boss Rush Games. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the lore archivist, the master, the legend himself, Josh Finney. Hi, Josh. Hey, Corey. Josh, we have a lot of people with us tonight. And by a lot, I mean two other people. Two people we, we everybody really loves. Do. Two people everybody loves, adores, wants on this a show Windows. forever. We have the return of Nerd Generalist. Hello! <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm now. Well, guys, this is my last appearance on Tower Casuals, I'm yeah, sure, you, after that. You can just leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, also joining us from Arsenal X, our Xbox podcast, is Colonel Panic Joe Wilson. Hiya. Hi, Joe. Oh, come on. How was that better? Because uh, it, it sounded like a human being. <laughs> <laughs> Not a dying turkey in the middle of a highway i don't know i live in ohio there's dead turkeys everywhere this time of year um soon to be a lot more yeah <laughs> yeah it's free food that was a thanksgiving joke you don't nah. see many of those <laughs> nah. for you four this listeners. panic's final appearance yeah uh, see you guys i'll see myself out <laughs> uh guys lots of destiny things happening as we have a Joe's, lot to talk about. Joe's face just totally like lights up, like his face was going into the sun. Yeah, what what's happening over there, Joe? Oh uh, no, he's going he's lights. going beyond light, guys. Beyond light. He just gets so much light that he just I've, goes past the light. I've gone plaid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we got a new trailer. We got a new Vidoc. We got a we got a thick twab. Two C's. We got a. We got a. We got <laughs> I, I'm. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up various things so we can discuss this. I'm very excited. I'm that very excited. That trailer, yeah. guys. Man, that trailer. The the, like, Aldrin. Or I'm sorry, the Crow. Get looks it right. really cool. Uh, him teaming up with Osiris is cool. Varix doesn't look well. This might be the end of our boy Varrick's guys. This this he's been gone for so long. It's it would suck to lose him so quickly. He, he's been so even though he's been off screen for the entirety of Destiny Two, he has an entire lore book dedicated to him. Like Varrick's is still a very big player in this universe, but this I think this may be it. This may be the swan song. Proceed to airlock. If he does not say dismantle mines, yes, at some point, is this expansion even worth the money? No. I can I can relive it. Varric's better be the next numbskull statue after the uh, the stranger. Oh, by the way. day day one day one pre order slash purchase. If that were to happen, mm-hmm. uh, him I'm him so and the excited. spider would be day one purchases for me. Yep. Oh, spider. Agree. Agree. Great. Spider also a great character that completely like his like appearance. I feel like is underwhelmed within game. Yeah. Well, it is. The... I, th- I think they're taking steps to regular. Let's just go ahead and get into the Vidoc. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. It's a good well, segue. Yeah. Let, let's, let's just let's just jump straight on in uh, because there is Jesus Christ. There's so much to talk about in this in this Vidoc. I don't know. 
I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, I, I guess we'll start with the story beats that we see. Um, like Corey mentioned earlier, we do see the return of uh, Aldrin and more surprisingly, I think of Osiris. Um, and of course, we do see Aldrin's ghost speaks, guys. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> Aldrin is back as the crow. Pull pork, pork talks. He talks. Is this? I'm is so that? Excited. Did they confirm that that's who that was? That is, yeah, that is yeah. his name. Yes, yep. yes, it is confirmed. That's that's Greatest amazing. Ghost name of all time. Yes, he he's been searching since the collapse for his guardian, and he finally finds the dead Aldrin in the Dreaming City. Um, I like that they emphasize in this like it's very clear that it's going to be a major story beat, probably not just for this year, but for the next couple of years. Um, we know who Aldrin is because we have a shared history with him. Our guardian knows. The other principal characters know. He does not know. That slate is wiped clean when you are resed as a guardian. You have well, no memory of your past misdeeds. Speaking of pulled pork, imagine looking for your guardian for how long he's been looking for his guardian. You get arguably the most hated man in the Destiny <laughs> universe as your guardian. Well, so they kind of imply in the lore a little bit uh, in the in the uh, the dawning lore that we got last year on the ship. Um, that's where we knew where Aldrin was at. That he was he was currently in the Cosmodrome, and Guardians were just there, keeping their distance and just staring at him with these hateful looks. And he didn't understand. And it's implied that Pulled Pork knows, like he has some indication of what had happened. Um, and he he doesn't share that with Aldrin. I I do think. That is something that will come to light, maybe not this mm -hmm. season, but possibly uh, next season or throughout the seasonal events of this year. Because it looks like he may be the seasonal quest givers at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, first off, I need his armor and I need his sword really badly. Yeah, that sword's cool. Uh, that sword is like a fucking scythe. We need, we need uh, the crow's armor, uh, Aldrin's armor. And I, you know what? We need Osiris's armor still. We do still need a oh God. Osiris would be another numbskull statue out by day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about a character that was like hyped up, by the way, and just like felt yeah. super flat. Uh, so, and they like Luke Smith kind of addressed that, right? Like people, people had high hopes for things like uh, like Vanilla D two and for Curse of Osiris. Like I don't know, I was really hyped for Osiris, and then it was three missions and a strike. And that was it. And it's like, really? Like, we don't even really interact with the true Osiris. Like, we got plenty of Osiris this past year, which was great. You know, interacting with him at the Sundial, him giving out those exotic quests, uh, him confronting Rasputin. Of course, we get some lore dumps on the website. Uh, he's interacted with the darkness. Like, he knows what's coming. Um, and he's one of those guys, like, he can't see the future anymore because the Infinite Forest is walled off. It's completely sealed by Brother Vance as of this, the end of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see where these characters go and where they evolve. Um, as well as our explicit confirmation that the Stranger, Eris, and Drifter are going to be our Darkness Vanguard, which is something we've, we've all four have theorized about on this show uh, was going to happen. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Uh, I'll be. I, I'm darkness ready to Vanguard. pledge allegiance to the Darkness Vanguard. They're cooler than the regular Vanguard at this point. Uh, sorry, yeah. Zavala, but uh, I want the I want the Drifter in your place. I'm sorry. I mean, look at look at these characters. I mean, these are all characters who really like like had the foresight to see what was coming. Mm -hmm. Drifter knew like darkness is on its way. Like we got to kind of start like preparing for it in some capacity. I yeah. mean. These Which we, we talked characters. about last week in our Drifter dump. Yeah, the, I mean, 
our current Vanguard just kind of stuck their head in the sand. And still, I mean, up until this season, like even Guardian games and all that stuff, like there really wasn't a ton of acknowledgement there. But like, yeah, I signed me up for the Darkness Vanguard. I, I mean, I, I like that you went to that. We, we talked about this a little bit when we discussed Savala, but um, this is something I really wish they would show more in game rather than through lore dumps or, or through like the couple lines of spoken dialogue we get from them a season. Zavala has really had his faith in the light and in the traveler shaken. And I, I think he's going to go the most interesting places of the people left on the tower in beyond light, because he, you got to look at it. He lost the city and almost lost the rest of humanity to gall. Uh, they literally got stripped of the light Cade Six, one of his best friends, gets murdered, and he's like, no, I can't lose anybody else. Nobody can go. And Ikora basically tells you to disobey him and go anyways. And he says, like, he very clearly tells us at the end of Forsaken, we will reap the consequences of your actions. And so far, we haven't. I think that bill is about to come due. And then on top of that, like he, he chooses to ally with Rasputin. Rasputin gets knocked out. We start communicating with the darkness. He doesn't really like that. But at the same time, he's a guy who's going to do what he has to do to protect what's left of humanity. That's his allegiance. It's not to the Traveler. It's to mm -hmm. protecting that city. And, man, sign me up for Stasis Zavala. Yeah. Give me interesting, give interesting me idea. I, I, but I don't, think, I don't think it'll be until Witch Queen. I don't think I think he's going to go under keep undergoing his current crisis. Mm -hmm. Notice he really stepped to the forefront in uh, season of the worthy and season of arrivals. Uh, well, he's taking on a lot more prominence. So, I mean, I think you have you've put a very great segue. We've talked about Osiris and Zavala. Do we want to talk about that little snippet from the Vidoc with Zavala and Osiris with the cabal bloodguard? Yeah. 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 Let, let's do it. Uh, it's it's a really quick, almost blink and you miss it moment. Yeah, uh, we see them standing around a holographic table, which a lot of people, myself included, think that is Aramis's table on Europa, which would make sense for story reasons. Uh, um, we saw Cabal, and I mean, my first thought was, oh my god, th these are guys. Callus sent on envoys. Callus left envoys with us. He's when he flees the system on his sex barge. Um, <laughs> like, like, like clearly, clearly, Callus wants to. Help favorite guardian uh upon freeze framing the trailer though uh those are cabal blood guards those are red legion um the red legion i cannot emphasize enough have approximately one stronghold left and it is the edz and they know that we are capable of nuking them out of there at any point in time mm -hmm. uh you gotta think they, they've lost io they've lost mars they're they're off of mercury now like they have the edz and that's all that faction has now um yep. The working theory that I've seen a lot of people say is that maybe the Blood Guard uh, serve Callus's uh, daughter now, um, which I think would make sense. But th that would be quite a twist, I think, for us to ally with her over Callus. Um, but also, you know, I don't know, maybe she exposes his true nature or something. That is far and away the most intriguing shot of the entire Vidoc, I think. Um, is why is Osiris with them also? Like, did he bring them to Zavala and be like, no, no, they're cool. They're cool, man. Like, if you look at his body yeah. language, he's just kind of like posted up in the background, like leaning against a pillar, kind of like with his head down. I mean, it seems like he's pretty like comfortable with the situation. Mm -hmm. I think th this kind of leads to something that we were talking about 
uh, we've talked about for quite a while since season of arrival started, we're kind of assembling the Avengers at this point. <clears throat> like anybody who is left out there is kind of aligning with us, not necessarily against the darkness per se, but for their own survival. The Red Legion's been mm -hmm. almost completely wiped out. The Fallen are in two camps. Either you follow Aramis or you're in House Light with Mithrax, who mm -hmm. is going to play a role in this story this fall. Um, he is something they're keeping very close to the chest. Yep. Um, but if he doesn't show up in the campaign, I'll frankly be shocked. I'll, I'll be absolutely floored if he does not show up. Uh, I think Varix provided our favorite boy, makes it out of here. He wanted to be the Kell of Kells. He wanted to be the leader of the Fallen. I think he'll understand that Mithrax is the true leader that the uh, the Fallen need. He, he recognizes they are meant to serve those who have been blessed by the Great Machine, as they call the Traveler. Um, he recognizes that power is no longer for them. I think through that, eventually, Mithrax will be almost like an Arbiter-style figure for us, where maybe he even gets blessed by the light, uh, come lightfall time. Um, we've already seen, like, the darkness is willing to reach out to anybody. All you have to do is come take it. That's all <laughs> you gotta do. You literally gotta walk up and just pick it up, apparently, and you get it. Uh, which is kind of nuts. But... I expect, I, like, I think Callus's uh, Cabal, if they stay in the system, definitely can go for it. We've seen some more primitive Vex. Uh, there was a shot in one of the trailers a couple weeks ago where it looks like some Vex are almost fighting alongside the Guardian. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really. I miss that. It's, it's another super quick blink and you miss it moment. Like literally, a split. It's quicker than this. It is a split second. Well, mm -hmm. Nerd, didn't you? Uh... There was that uh, the harpy with legs walking with them through the snow. Yeah, but we in another scene where you actually see that more in depth. You actually it looks like you're fighting the harpy with legs because you actually I, it actually like charges you. I just assumed that there was one that like maybe was like a I don't know just like a friend. I don't know. What yeah, you it's like a dog, like a little pal. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited to see what they do here though uh, because I, I mentioned this. Uh, earlier to, to nerd in a side tangent uh, when we were talking earlier today but they're looking obviously much farther beyond what are the implications of the next 12 months they're looking at what's the implication in the next three years mm -hmm. yeah um yep. we just talked about how the fallen and the cabal have basically been decimated once you remove callus from the situation <laughs> um and once you take mithrax's good faction of fallen uh which is small compared to Aramis's faction. Like, they're facing extinction. Mithrax is making a choice so that some of them may survive. Sim again, similar to the elites underneath the Arbiter. Um, that leaves the Hive, the Taken, and really the Vex. And the Vex don't really have a stake in this fight. The Taken and the Hive pretty clearly are made of the darkness. They come from darkness. Uh, that's why Savathun covets the darkness so much, and she wanted us to not talk to them. She wants so desperately to be chosen by it. She's trying to prove herself, and the darkness is just like, nah, bro. Uh, we're, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I want I want the one who keeps killing gods. You, uh, you haven't killed a god yet, so uh, we're not going to talk about that. And on top of that, now you got... Well, segue into this you got zivu arath coming in when we talk about these long-term plans we talk about these storylines that are going to play out over the next year or two she's going to be a big part of that with savathun and you know it Did seems like 
we're going to kind of pick up what's left of these other races and bring them in on our side. Like, the Vex are kind of divided. There are some that are just hostile towards us because we're encroaching on their territory. The soul divisive are the only ones that actually worship the darkness. Does it seem to you guys like, since we've moved to a, a Bungie-led destiny, like since the split with Activision, that the story has they start they've started thinking about the story on a on a wider scale or a longer scale like things aren't really don't seem to be as compartmentalized into individual like expansions and seasons like they used to maybe i'm wrong i think no i think you're right because like under activision i think they made smaller stories because it was easier to produce and get out on time you know and now they can actually plan and and give us the scope that i think they originally wanted i think that it's that and i think it's also the fact that that plays to more of a casual audience Mm -hmm. there are some people that don't want to take one year to get like that part of a story or three years to get like the whole story i think there are people that was like i i want to play through like the campaign and then i want to like move on to something else and like we need to fulfill those people and i think Bungie's kind of taken the stance of like they've I feel like they've always wanted to build that evolving world huge RPG World of Warcraft esque thing. And I don't think that's really aligned with what Activision wanted. No. I think they wanted Halo Light or Halo Live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they're they're finally doing kind of what they wanted to do. That's at least my take, because as soon as those yeah. two expansions came out, uh that were universally hated, I think, by everyone, right? Like, I don't, I don't know anybody that likes Warmind. I liked Warmind. War, I th- Warmind, I was, Warmind was, I think, Warmind was, for me, Warmind was the turning point for Destiny too. But, but also, like, comparing it to Osiris, it was like, yeah, leagues better than Osiris. Osiris yeah. was just really bad. It's so. I mean, like, Bungie always had those nuggets if you went digging. But I think, I think you're right. They Activision wanted a Halo Light. And Bungie wanted to do something clearly with a lot more lore, and they wanted to keep it in-house this time rather than outsourcing it to books and ARG experiences and things like yes. that, like they did with Halo. Uh, I mean, like, Halo, like, Reach was Reach was an entire novel. First yeah. Strike takes place between Halo and Halo 2, and you never know, but it's almost critical to read that book in retrospect to understand the story of where Chief and Arbiter picks up in Halo 2. It's like, really weird, because I, I completely agree. So I... I read a couple of the books when I was younger when Halo came out, but I really didn't get into it. More recently, I think I've read almost all of them. I'm reading the most recent one now. Yeah. And when you go and play the games now, it plays differently. It's it's so much mm. better, is it not? Yes. And it but it plays like it's it plays if you take the books and the game combined, it's how Destiny is now. But Destiny still has another layer on top where they have those other books in the collector's right. edition and all that other stuff that is like yeah. way right. deeper. And so, I, yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's no, that's what I was just gonna say. I was that was pretty much it. It's just that Halo is like Destiny if you combine all that media, and then Destiny is already that, but then they have that all that extra stuff on top of it that's just like. That really lets people dig in and experience an entire world and not just play through like a action shooter. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something I've I've admired about Bungie, even when they were under Activision. They pretty clearly laid 
a breadcrumb bread trail for us to follow if you actually went and read. And in Destiny 1, granted, it was a chore to go and read the lore because you had uh. the, the grimoire and things like that. With Destiny 2, they at least put it in-game, which was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still wasn't ideal, but it was better. And I think now we're finally at a system where it's like, okay, th- this is good. Like, all lore is just going to unlock for people regardless. At the end of a season, whether you earned it or not, uh, basically, unless you're like me and you have to know right now, <laughs> you don't have to go grind things out. So that means no more, like, 16 weeks of means to an end or something like that. Because, um, I mean, we we discussed this when we talked about the Osnium Court. They laid the seeds for Savathun and Zivu Arath back in Taken King with the Books of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. And that was five, six years ago now? Five years ago? Isn't one of the lore like one of the lore books that's out now all about the Books of Sorrow too? Like I think the first, uh, yeah, I think the, the first so the, one. The first Grimoire anthology features all of the Books mm-hmm. of Sorrow and a lot of stuff from the Taken King in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Bungie and I, I, I definitely agree with you though that when they split from Activision, I think that's when they went, okay, we can dial this. We're, we're operating at like 60, 65% of what we want. We can dial this up past a hundred. Now we can really do what we want to do. Um, and I think the final leap for that game in terms of storytelling and size of scope and scale is going to come next fall when they can leave behind PS4 and Xbox one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that's ultimately what is going to keep holding them back. And it, it's, it, you know, it's no fault of themselves. Like that, that is what happens. Like we've never had a console game. Uh, Grand Theft Auto five is the only other one. I think that has tri- has had the jump generations. And even that like uh, online didn't work on the 360 and PS three. That was exclusive to Xbox one and PS four. Presumably there will be next gen features for that as well. So we're kind of learning as we go. It's not like a World of Warcraft situation where you're on PC for 17 years and you can keep building this game and whatnot. It's we have to actually shift, and that's why we had a numbered installment when we jumped to a Xbox One PS4 only game. Um, Do you think when they make the switch to just Series X and PlayStation Five that we're that we're going to get all like all of it at some point? Yes. I mean, I know, I, we, I know, yeah, we, all of it. Like de- like the Destiny, Destiny one content, the Destiny all the Destiny two content, all the locations, all the like. I don't think storage is a is really feasible though. Like they were having issues just keeping all of Destiny two available, right? Yeah, but so, I think. But is it like Call of Duty doesn't have a problem, and it's like a hundred gigs on it. I think I think like what I think they what Josh we were talking about maybe shifting the way they either like a new engine or the way the engine works. And com- in the way that um, the compression works of all the the areas and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the the, com- the compression is the big thing. From what I understand, with Destiny is there's a lot of uncompressed audio in the game files, um, and I've seen a lot of speculation that because Xbox Series X and mm-hmm. PS5 are both going to allow you for this, you can install certain parts of games if the developer will let you. I could see Bungie saying, "Here, you can only you can delete all the language packs except for the one that you need." For example, mm-hmm. um, I could see them allowing that, allowing for that uh, to possibly make the game smaller. Um, but I do think that that is an overall goal of theirs is to be able to get everything in the game eventually. Uh, because they, they, if you if you want to build this as an FPS, and I, I don't want to dwell too long on this, but this does kind of talk about the long term plan that they discuss in it in the Vidoc is. 
it's cool that you have the seasonal content that sh should only be in here for a year i shouldn't need to have to go back and still be doing the menagerie two two and a half years later mm -hmm. i shouldn't yeah. have to be going back and to be doing forges two years later that was cool for the year it was out but once it's been in there for and i'm not saying like oh something gets introduced in february let's get rid of it in the fall i'm saying you keep it in there for a 12 month cycle from the time it was introduced and like four seasons boom it's gone it's out you've had a year to get in here and experience this content it's still staying in there maybe it's something like there's a high-end activity like niobe labs in one of these and you can't you are not able to get up to the skill level you need at first you can go through that falls light upgrade and come tackle it again two three hundred mm -hmm. light heavier and maybe it'll be a more of a century we talked about the thorn quest before we got started uh that's another one like even though i got beefier it did not get easier like it was still a huge pain when i did it yeah uh, these are things i think they're being conscientious of people and they've said like we don't want to be the only game that you play we want to be the game you pop and you play with your friends and then you go do other things like we make the game we're excited for other things does yeah. that mean i'm playing it wrong no, yeah. I think the option is definitely there. Like it's it's far and away my main game, but I do have other things that I like to dabble in. It's just having only this year having only three, maybe three and a half months on seasons, especially for Undying Dawn and uh, Season of the Worthless. Um, it was really challenging to try and get it done. Like you're trying to do everything and you're trying to get all the lore pieces. You're trying to get the pinnacles. You're trying to get all the seasonal quests done, the exotics. You're trying to do uh, the titles. It, it starts wearing on you and you get so like, I've taken so much of arrivals off because I was just so burned out from mediocre content. I couldn't enjoy the good content when it finally came. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I, I guess kind of my last thing, like if we're like, kind of going into season they talk about season of the hunts a little bit here um uh, just to kind of circle back to where we were with uh Aldrin and osiris arrivals should be your template season for something that's going to be three months long yeah in terms of story mm -hmm. in terms of scope we got to get away from it being a public event though um may get a controlled instance or something similar to the vex offensive or the sundial because I don't think I can do another public event style activity for a third season in a row. If, and I have a feeling that's what's happening. If the if the public event wasn't broken, mm -hmm. arrivals would have been a really big pain in the ass. Like if you hadn't been able to cheese the contact public event, mm -hmm. I have a feeling it would have been it would have been a lot more I of mean, a pain in the ass. So butt. yeah, I've I've done it a lot without the cheese. And as mm -hmm. long as you had more than three people, you were okay. Like it was definitely really hard the first couple of weeks, and I liked that. I liked that I couldn't just steamroll it. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's. I think they I think they took a lot of the feedback to heart. And something we have to remember about these seasons is they've said they have these developed usually two seasons in advance, yeah, um, okay. and they're just finalizing and fine tuning the season before. Like, I think they were just hoping when they saw the reception to how bad the Seraph Towers were, they were going, "Oh God, please." Please don't hate arrivals. Please don't hate arrivals. And sure, nobody likes gambit, and this forced you to this forced you to bank your moats. Um, bank your moats. Yep. I uh, I really I really liked it though. I think, and I think the banter between Eris and the Drifter. It's it's funny, but it does add to this universe. Um, some of the offhanded things they say, like actually, kind of matter. Um, that they're kind of your guys for this season. I mean, we, we got a dungeon this season. We got multiple exotics that actually mattered. 
Um, I'm looking really forward to seeing how they do seasons going forward. Since Luke said that none of the seasons this year hit what his idea and what the team's idea of a season should be. And so they were going to completely revamp it all. Like, cool. Just don't overload me with Umbral Ingrams ever again. I like how the Vidoc confirms <laughs> that exotics will now have like a truly unique, like really unique perk and not to like to differentiate themselves from pinnacle weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, no time to explain like has a cool addition. Yeah. That, that, that little like remote shooter correct. thing is awesome that you like, that's not something you can get on any other weapon. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's it's really not like oh these are the, it's like the best rolled weapon it's not like a god rolled weapon it is like very unique uh-huh. and that makes me so excited to see what Hawkmoon does mm-hmm. because I like what is it gonna do is it gonna like it I feel I I will be let down I'll be honest if it's just like the other Hawkmoon now I mean we've raised the bar uh, over yeah. the last yeah. year with a lot of exotics like Lumina like. Uh, What's Devil's Ruin. Devil's Ruin, Ruinous Effigy, Traveler's Chosen. Wither Horde. Yeah. Wither Horde. I mean, they've, they've, I would say exotic weapons over the last, you know, I would say over the last year, or at least two seasons before Arrivals. I mean, they've really made some big strides, and I give them kudos for really taking yeah. some steps with uh, exotic weapons. Well, I mean, that was, that was one of our big complaints, I think, coming out of Forsaken was we were like, okay, cool, you gave us a lot of exotics, but so many of these are from Destiny 1. Like, how many fucking hand cannons did we get between Forsaken dropping and... The end of uh, the first year or the first season of Shadowkeep, we had Ace of Spades, Last Word, Thorn, Lumina, Malfeasance, Ariana's Vow, and there might have been another one. We had, we had six exotic hand cannons. In Don't less get me than started on hand cannons. Like yeah. it, that's that's bonkers to me. And I mean, especially when things like like Last Word just recently became good again with the, some of the fixes that we got. And it's going to be an absolute monster with the se- changes coming next season. So I, I think they really took the uh, criticisms like that to heart because we were like, you gave a bunch of hand cannons out. Like, there's a lot, like, only high skill players are really using those. Like, a lot of us aren't. And if we are, we don't really want to waste an exotic slot on those when there's other things we could be running in non pvp activities yeah they gave you truth they gave you thunderlord again two more year one or two more destiny one exotics like you really missed getting those new ones outside of like uh lav what was it um not last wish the uh the bow you get from uh wish ender Wish Ender, something Wish, Wish Ender, and uh, Trinity Ghoul. You really didn't get a whole lot of like really unique exotic weapons. I feel at first, um, at least ones that were like good. And I mean, even those like Wish Ender was good when it was broken, and Trinity Ghoul was great with the Catalyst when that got introduced last season or this season. Now that it's gone on so long, I guess. Um, what I, I think th- would be sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say same thing. I, I think they really took it to heart this year. I think that. It would be cool when they start bringing back vaulted content, like yeah. the vaults of the vault of glass, vault, vault, vault. Uh, when they start bringing back that content, they have like three or four D one exotics that they bring with it, preferably that like maybe pertained to that space that they're bringing back. So like yeah. if that like that would be a cool way to be like, hey, 
we're bringing back this thing. What are the staple things that came from that content or this space? Let's bring those back. But it, it, I don't want that to affect new exotics. Right. Like, I don't want to play a new raid and get a D1 exotic. So that's why I like the approach they're taking right now. The only returning exotic we have is Hawkmoon. And I'm the conspiracy headphones I promised last week they were coming out. They're coming on right now. Uh, they have said that the new light experience is going to be primarily what the Cosmodrome is in this season because it's only going to be three sections of it. The rest will be mm-hmm. unlocked in season 13. Uh, I think that uh, and we'll talk about him in just a minute. Shahan is not the Crow or Aldrin. Um, I was wrong on that one. I think that that's going to be the end of his new light quest line is giving you your first exotic. And I think it's going to be Hawkmoon. That is something that is so intrinsically associated with destiny. One year one is Hawkmoon. Like uh, there's uh, the only other exotic. I think that people associate with year one is Gallarhorn or the Mythoclass. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, Well, it gives us, it gives us as returning players a reason to go play that content as well. Right. Which, I mean, I'd be playing it anyways because 100%. I love the Cosmodrome. I'm a completionist. I got to get the lore. I got to get the lowdown on this guy with two names of somebody from the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, I, I'm very, very, very excited for this. That's that's my personal conspiracy is that that's going to be something at the end because they've said it's going to introduce you to how gear works, how Engrams get decoded, your equipment, <laughs> your abilities, you things know that. like that. You know that lore book. That lore book is actually just going to tell you that the Fast and the Furious franchise is a prequel to Destiny. Dude, that would be because just such they a, are they are going to space. Dominic apparently. Toretto walked on screen. Where's yeah. the Rock? Just give me the Rock in Destiny. I'm I'm, I'm in. The Rock. Is, the rock, rock. That's why we have Lance Reddick. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock is actually going to be the new Hunter Vanguard. Yes. Oh, he's Hunter a Maine. Titan. No, I'm he's a back. Titan. He's His arms are way Titan. too big. <laughs> like knowing the hunter's luck, we would get like Tyrese as our as our vanguard. The absolute like worst. No, it'd be like uh, you get Topher Grace. Uh, from that '70s show. He's not in the Fast and the Furious. It doesn't count. I, I will write him in. It's fine. No, gross, <laughs> gross. Give me Jason Statham. Uh, uh, so, so uh, a few other things. So, I mean, we, I guess let's talk about this roadmap real fast. Um, yeah, I got that pulled up. Uh, the the rest of the Vidoc, it's really cool. They talk about. I'll just summarize it real quick. I guess. Um, I definitely encourage everybody to go check out. They have a really long section in it where they talk about uh, the audio design, including how they decided what cosmic ice would sound like, mm-hmm. um, and designing it in quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, de- having to design it at home in quarantine. Uh, of course, we've seen some of the mocap shots. We've seen Lance Reddick record in his closet uh, his voice lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever's doing the mocap for Varix was doing it in their garage. Um, it's really cool to see how this game has come together. And I think more than anything, the Vidoc is it's less about what's coming in Beyond Light. And it's more about the journey that uh, Bungie had to take to get here. Uh, we see a lot more faces than we've ever seen in a Vidoc before, a variety of faces from across the company in different teams and leadership roles, uh, from marketing to game directors to sound designers. So, and I think that's really cool. I think it's important. One of the I, things that... Nope, go ahead. <laughs> okay. One of the things that I want to point out um, as somebody that kind of keeps track with what Bungie's doing as a company is like throughout this whole process of of being locked down and, and being 
quarantined, Bungie was hiring at a really crazy rate. Like they were bringing in a yeah. lot of new people. And uh, I think that's awesome. And I think it, it helps keep the content fresh, like mm-hmm. especially as people are being stuck in their homes and might be feeling a little stale in general just to bring in some new faces. I thought that was really uh, commendable. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. One of my favorite parts about what they showed, especially in regards to the sound design of people working from home, is that I'm a firm believer that um, in movies, there was like a generation of movies that you had to be creative to solve problems. You couldn't just solve it by throwing a computer at it or doing certain things. You had to like, I want to do this. They need to find the most creative way to do that because what we have now wasn't available. And I feel like if you think about the way that they gathered sound and the way like recording it, it somebody was rubbing like a drum, like a drumstick across a slinky that was hanging from their ceiling. Uh, my favorite one's the breast pump. It sounds so cool. Uh, but like, they had to find, so I'm so, I think that says a lot like about an, other things about your life there, Joe. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, <laughs> I, it sounds like an art project and you had to find creative solutions for all these things they wanted to do. And I think we're going to get a better version of the game as a result. I honestly believe yeah. that. Absolutely. And I mean, like they, they went into a little bit more details and things that we've heard about, like the weather system, how that's going to work. Um, and I, I think it, this is genuinely a great watch for people who want to know more, more about game design and how they how they did this, what they plan on doing going forward. Sure, the stuff at the beginning is really fun where we talk about the new season. They talk about actual Beyond Light. They go into some of the exotics and how those are going to work. Like they, you get to see the chainsaw sword um, and some other really cool things. But I think at the end of the day, this is a love letter to the fans and ultimately to the studio, really. Um, this like Bungie should feel proud for what they've managed to accomplish in quarantine with an ongoing live service game. Like they're, we, we've seen even world of Warcraft has had to get pushed back. They had to do a last minute delay to next month. Um, Bungie is not the only one having to do this. We've seen CD project red has delayed cyberpunk several times this year. Um, so I can only imagine the stress that must put on you when you have one game that is your moneymaker. You don't have other things coming in. Like you don't have that Diablo revenue. You don't have that uh, Call of Duty money coming in. Um, you literally have Destiny 2. And you have to make a three-month season last about six months and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, or five months and some change, excuse me. Uh, it just feels like it's been six months. And thank god this was not a lackluster season like they were actually able to kind of pull it off and you know the the whole thing i think adding the raids in as one of the triumphs for moments of triumph really helped with that oh Um, yeah yeah that easily prolonged my participation in the season by at least a whole month a whole month i i would have quit it is unlikely i would have actually done the solstice armor had it not looked as cool as it did um I, i think they they hit the mark on a lot of stuff. They missed it on others. Uh, Festival of the Cost. Um, but, yeah. you know, that's to be expected. Like, not everything's going to be a 10 out of 10. And I think the community has finally started to understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, guys, any any last any last thoughts on the Vidoc before we jump into this seasonal schedule real fast? Jump in. Just I'm just I'm just really excited. I, I This Vidoc and then the launch trailer had me, like, yeah. just so hyped like I, I, yeah we're gonna hit the launch trailer here in, in like two minutes we're gonna get to the launch trailer i'm really excited to talk about that one too uh so on launch day uh you get of course the beyond light campaign you're gonna get the stasis subclasses um you're gonna get the salvations grip grenade launcher quest that is one of the exotics that we saw um 
it is thought that this is an actual quest and this is not the season pass. Mm-hmm. Exotic, the season pass exotic is thought to be the exotic shotgun that we have not seen yet. Duality. Um, so that's really cool. Um, also, you know, of course, Europa, the Cosmodrome experience, new seasonal armor, uh, and exotic weapon, uh, duality. Uh, the, there will be a new strike added to the playlist, which is the Will of Crota. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, good old Omnigal is back. Uh, Lost Gross. Sector, new Lost Sectors, Artifact Mods, Triumph Shaders Emblems. Uh, uh, and then, of course, later on in the season, we'll get Iron Banner and the Dawning. Um, you will get something unlocked called the Empire Hunts on day one. And we do not know what this is yet. This is not the seasonal event that they talk about in the Vidoc. This is completely different. Uh, I think this may be like hunting down, similar to how we used to hunt down escapees from the Prison of Elders. Maybe this is something that Spider gives mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, some weekly quests he gives us to go do, uh, as well as the strike on Europa, the Glassway. Um, then they say 1110 through 112, uncover Europa's secrets. Um, personally, I think this is going to kind of play out like the moon did last year. There was a weekly quest every week that gave you a lot more lore about Eris's fire team and ultimately led to you being able to, uh, start the Xenophage quest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see something like that happening. Uh, maybe this helps lead to the return of the prophecy dungeon, which we know is coming back before new year's, um, added weapons will be added to trials weekend one on the 13th. So, I mean, I'll never see those, but that's still cool for people who can go flawless. Not with that trials. attitude. Oh, dude, Ooh, listen, it's not. Ha- it's absolutely not happening. No, let's do uh, it. Let's flawless this. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll all take curious, turns. It'll be fine. The the most curious thing I think listed here is on the seventeenth. We're not going to get the seasonal mission on day, which I think is good. By the way, I think that's good, and I think. Uh, it's, it's kind of like what they did with Undying last year. They didn't give you the Vex Offensive right away either. Um, this is a smart move. They're going to let you focus on the story content for a week first, and then they're going to throw this in. So you're just not overwhelmed. Because I, I think especially new players will be overwhelmed. Like, oh my god, I've got New Light. I've got Beyond Light. I've got the Beyond Light quest, and now, oh my god, I've got seasonal stuff too. Like, I can't handle well, this. Plus, won't they have, like, Forsaken and Shadowkeep aren't going away either, are they? No, they're not. I, I guess I'm. Ju- I'm just saying people who like only buy Beyond Light. Yeah, no, uh, I like for. Yeah, or if you have Game Pass, you get it. All. Or if you, yeah, I, dude, if you have Game Pass, you're still going to be overloaded. I, I'm already trying, trying to help friends figure out game plans. I'm like, just, just get in and do Forsaken and Shadowkeep now. Don't, don't wait on them. Just do them now. Yeah. Go back and do Beyond Light later on if you still have questions, or New Light later on. Uh, so you'll get the seasonal mission from Spider on the 17th, uh, seasonal quest line. And the Wrathborn Hunts. Um, this is what they talk about in the trailer. This is what's related to Zivu Wrath and in the Dreaming City. Uh, I'm just excited we have a reason to go back to the Dreaming City. It's, I think, mm-hmm. the coolest, the best design space in Destiny 2 right now. Um, it's gorgeous, and it's a shame that we haven't had a reason to go back there since pretty much the base campaign of Forsaken. Yeah, I haven't really agree. It's probably the location I've been to the least, I would say. Uh, if the Tangled Shore did not exist, I would agree. Yeah. Or Mercury. Tangled uh, Shore is the well, least. Okay, Mercury, I guess. Okay. I take that back because whenever that, whenever the game came out, do you remember you had to get the, to unlock the Dreaming City? You had to do that thing with that statue. Yeah. Yes. I probably spent months in the Tangled Shore as a result of that, but I, I, I drank heavily to block it out of my memory. I think, but 
I feel like each one of those spaces, there was a time where I spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been to it recently. Yeah, and I like that they've they're giving you a reason to need to go back to these spaces. Uh, right. Especially, it looks like we might be doing some stuff in the Tangled Shore with Spider being uh, kind of the quest giver for this, it seems. Mm-hmm. Oldrin's just going to kind of be out there floating around with Osiris, like who knows what they're going to do. Um, and they I say, this, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this is probably going to be a pattern that we're going to see for a while uh, because we're ditching three locations. Uh, four. four. Four, four, four locations. Thank you. Mercury um, doesn't count. So, yeah, Mercury. It's still, I, I didn't count it. It is four because we're ditching the Leviathan. Yeah, so we're ditching all these locations. I think they're going to have to find creative ways to reuse their yep. current spaces, yep. or else I think we're going to feel like this the universe is, is too small. Well, and that um, was our that was always the complaint about uh, Io and Titan. Like, Titan never got used for anything. The, I have been to Titan more in the past six months than I did yeah. in the past yeah. and a half years. Um, same with Io. Same with, I mean, Mars at least had had escalation protocol and stuff, but... Uh, I mean, like, everything seemed to have been based in the EDZ or on Nessus. Like, mm-hmm. The forges were on those two locations. Like, the coolest forge, by the way, is still available for another week and a half. Everybody should go try uh, the one with the floating Vex platforms. But I, I don't know. Like, I think this is a good idea. And I do think that with Eris having as much prominence as she has, we're going to be going back to the moon at some point. Uh, especially, you know, we're wielding the darkness. Maybe there's something to do with the pyramid now, now that we have darkness. Now we have stasis. Who knows? Um, one last thing. I just remembered it from the Vidoc. Uh, we were talking about this uh, two days ago, nerd. Uh, it looks like there are going to be multiple subclasses for the darkness. Um, mm-hmm. There is space for them. Your The entire look of your screen changes when you select your stasis subclass. Um, personally, I think they're going to put those in probably in either next year's expansion or next year in Lightfall. Um they will not give them to us this year. Rather, I think they're going to rework the existing subclasses, uh, possibly for the spring update, which is traditionally the smallest update of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually the worst received one, like universally. Uh, um, I mean, that so I, that was, gave us Joker's Wild and Seraph Towers. So I wonder what the story beat behind that will be. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, if what you're saying is true, and I think I agree with that, um, that we're, we're going to get sort of like one stasis subclass with Beyond Light. I wonder what the story explanation for how, how we're unlocking these other stasis subclasses or they're revealed to us is going to be. I think it'll just be like uh, the more like basically uh, it's kind of a crude way of putting it, but like the more communion that we start having with the darkness, right? Like the more in tune we get. Right. With the what are the what are the ramifications of that? I mean, there's a lot I, of I, a lot I think to that's what there. You, I think that's what leads to Lightfall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. The the image that we have of Lightfall appears to be a sphere and of a triangle. So I take that to mean a healed traveler and the pyramid fleet. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you think, do you remember when Destiny 2 launched and you had, when the Traveler exploded or whatever, and you mm-hmm. had to go and collect mm-hmm. the shards, and each shard was like a unlocking your subclass? Mm-hmm. I feel like the Darkness is just going to repeat that same pattern, but on the opposite side of the spectrum, as we uh, obtain, like, a shard or whatever, or whatever yep. it is. That or, like, it maybe it. you find, like, these crashed pyramid ships and you go explore them and then you get the subclass from that yeah. or something. Or yeah, like they did in Destiny One, where you unlocked uh, like the third, 
or what was it? I just remember for the Titan, it was a hammer. It was you had you went to like one of the multiplayer maps Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. those quests were really cool from Destiny One. The ones that unlocked the extra subclasses, I remember. And they did a cool thing with the Solstice because remember the the Servander was the first time where it uh, split. Mm-hmm. Right, like had the little tiny ones. Oh, the big yeah. one, then went yep, two, yep, and then yep, went. Yep. The... yep, that was all fun. Yeah, real cool. I, I think there's a lot of really cool things you can do, and I'm curious to see what happens because I think the next couple expansions, maybe or seasons at least, maybe us encountering factions of these enemies that we've encountered before. Even like, I mean, there's stuff in the lore from this season about like Scorn are still being created, and they don't know how. So, like, maybe they come back into play, like. The Taken kind of showed up in Destiny 1 and then never really did anything until uh, Forsaken. Like, until the Dreaming City, the Taken really were just kind of, like, farting around throughout the system, just showing up to annoy you. Uh, um, <laughs> and now we know that that's Sabathun's doing. Uh, she, we have it confirmed. She is the Taken Queen. Um, I don't know. I, I think the longevity of the annoying. Is really interesting to talk about when we look at roadmaps like this and they they said like we're leaving a lot ambiguous and we're leaving a lot unsaid because we want you to be able to find it yourself we don't want to just give you a roadmap of absolutely everything coming that was one of the big criticisms this year was uh we did the corridors of time puzzle one of the coolest things i think they've ever done but everybody was so pissed off that they forgot about the cool scene at the end where we see our guardian's tomb and saint 14 is delivering our eulogy and he feels a through time observing it and that's how you get the bashed infusion rifle and everyone's like oh we already bashed it was coming though this is bullshit like no this was a really cool quest y'all are just upset because you already knew what the reward was and you're mad that it wasn't <laughs> that you're mad it wasn't mythoclass like you're mad that it wasn't something that you built up in your head like uh, that's why you're upset surprise like, that, this is still real yeah Right, like the <laughs> Destiny community building something up in their heads? Let's say it ain't so. That's every so at, community. At the bottom of the of the schedule release, there are a list of exotics, uh, weapons, and armor here. What ones don't we know anything about? Um... Are there any? The only one, the only one they haven't officially revealed is Duality. We only know about that from the leaks. Or from... Okay. Uh, Which the, is the shotgun, exotic, right? Exotic. Yeah. It's exotic shoddy, which I'm hoping it's like two tail fox or like honestly, like dream is that uh, it has all four elements in it. Oh, like a hard light version mm. of. I would love that. I'd love it so much. Um, but yeah, we, we saw a couple other really cool things that they mentioned um, specifically regarding the exotic weapons. Uh, the big one for me is that no time to explain will in fact work with Arc Soul. Oh, uh, I'm so excited! Fire team, uh, it's going to cause me to play a warlock. I'm telling you, that uh, is my I, most hyped uh, weapon and uh, build potentially from Beyond Light is that one right there. I actually <laughs> played as my warlock this week to try to get used to that character again because I was like, I want I to. Just, I actually, I actually played around with the idea of going back and playing at least through the Red War campaign uh, with my warlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'll have time or really want to after that first couple missions. I'll be like, eh, I remember how long of a slog this was. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. The only one I would want to do is the final mission um, where you're running through the city and then you climb up the ship to fight Gaul again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do like that one, but I can't bring myself to do any of the others. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean that that's about it for the seasonal roadmap. It's it looks sparse. We know there is more, but they're like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not telling you anything beyond the dawning starting on the fifteenth. Like this season is supposed to go until February. So the back half of the seat, actually everything after the first month is being kept kind of ambiguous right now. And I like that. The one thing I know a lot of people were kind of complaining about, um, and I know like we got a whole thing about trials, um, but there was no like real talk about love for regular PVP, like Crucible or anything like that. There were some people complaining about that. And well, Iron Banner is coming in December, right? That first week of December. Yeah. I feel like that's, like right now, Bungie is the Homer Simpson just kind of going into the bushes with that. Uh, we talk, uh, nerd, we talk about this all the time, but it's just like, I don't feel like, I feel like sometimes Crucible is fun in Destiny, but ultimately, like, Destiny is just not a PvP game. I mean, it, it is. But if it's I want like to play multiplayer, I find myself going to Halo, honestly. I'm going to play Halo, or I'm going to play Call of Duty, uh, or any of the other millions of shooters out there that are like just competitive um i feel like destiny when it comes to that space should just be more of a fun game um which is why it gets always better when you get like your faster super and stuff like that when they have those events where you can do stuff like that Mm -hmm. um when it's more of like a power fantasy you playing versus other people i feel like that's when it's better that's also when it's most frustrating if you're not if you don't have a good build or you're not up to light level or something like that, which is so, just kind of why fundamentally it doesn't work all the time. I agree with you, but the problem is, is they feel like the need to inject it into other elements. Like, okay, so this is a great example. I mean, we've been going through and doing all these kind of leftover exotic quests uh, mm-hmm. to, to fill these out before the season ends. Almost every exotic quest that you do, there's some PVP element to it. And, like, if you're going yeah. to push people into that part of the game, you've either got to, like, assume responsibility for that and really, like, put forth the effort. And, look, I'm not a PvP guy at all, um, and I hear a lot of people complaining that it's not, like, a, a focused-on part of the game. But I agree with you in that respect. Like, if if you're going to force people into that, you've got to put effort into that. Or don't force people into that part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like... like the thing I don't like about the PvP quests, like the parts of those quests either, is like a lot of them are tied to like percentages. And then if you're not mm-hmm. good at, like if you're not used to PvP, like you get percentage taken off when you die. Like, I think that's like a huge thing that I just like can't, I can't. Yeah. Oh, man. So that like whenever there's a quest and it's like get 25 sniper kills in Crucible, they might as well just be like, go shove this pineapple up your ass. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Right. And I, like they they heard that feedback and i think especially in shadowkeep we saw that change for the better um to non-existing quests that is um you had multiple avenues to do some of these things like if you primarily play crucible here you go if you primarily do pve or god forbid gambit here you go um i I, and i think that's how some of these exotic quests should work like unless it's something intrinsically meant to be only used in that activity but like the exotics that we've seen so far i mean we i think we're pretty much all in agreement that they're mainly going to come from engram drops like i don't i personally do not think that we've seen the um i don't think that we've seen the raid exotic yet unless they're pulling a real big fast one on us and duality is not a shotgun and that ends up being the raid exotic which would pair with divinity from last year Mm -hmm. um who knows 
Uh, but I definitely agree with you guys. Like PvP is something that has been a sore spot in this game for a long, long time. Crucible has felt woefully neglected. And I think they've taken steps to address some of those. Bringing back Trials was a good first step. It's just Trials is hopelessly broken on PC. Um, banning Perfect Aim was a good start. It just took way too long for that to get taken down legally. Um, I don't know. I I think parsing it down to only have a handful of modes rotate instead of like eight different modes is going to help a lot too. So mm-hmm. maybe people don't feel as pressured i guess to, like to keep playing control it's like oh you can play control or you can jump into one of the rotators you can jump in the clash you can jump into uh showdown or you can do mayhem like those are gonna be the three that are up momentum control will come back at some point during year four um i think that's a good strategy of course you still have the iron banner um which i'm dreading the first iron banner with stasis powers mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to like, get frozen in place in something that actually matters. But uh, I i don't know. I, I personally really enjoy the Crucible, but I definitely understand there, there is a small portion of this community that loves PvP so much, and they are very vocal about we do not get enough love. And I think it frankly comes down to resources. Bungie has to choose, well, do we want to completely overhaul PvP, or do we want to just leave it as like a plus one mode and really try and steer people more towards the um pve experience which is what destiny is at its heart Mm -hmm. that is that is destiny like the crucible literally is training in universe gambit is literally a game from the drifter to prepare you for the trials of the darkness like they are extra modes as far as the game is concerned and sure yeah there's lore reasons for them existing and they're fun to go play with friends but well mostly fun to play with friends i won't say gambit is depends on what friends Um, I love Gambit. I'm just going to say it. It is fun, but it's a lot less fun if you're not playing with a friend. Yeah, if if you're playing with homies, Gambit is fun. If you're playing by yourself, you're solo queuing Gambit. I was solo queuing Gambit yesterday, and I wanted to rip my own spine out. Like, it's just like, why is no one banking moats? Why why am I waiting on one moat? Why is no one invading? And it's just like, I can't do all of this. You need to bank your damn moats. Bank your damn moats. Bank your damn moats. Uh, the episode, uh, so, uh, any <laughs> any more uh, any more comments on the seasonal schedule? Uh, gonna kind of try and get through the uh, the launch trailer pretty quickly here. We're starting yeah. to go a little. Yeah. No. no? Let's do it. Do let's it. Do it. Trailer. Uh, trailer. Man. Trailer. Jesus. Uh, uh, Rad. Man. Trailer. Bungie is the king of doing a get hype trailer. Mm-hmm. Nobody else gets me excited than more excited than when I see that Bungie logo come across the screen. In the snow, it reminds me of the Rise of Iron, like when the yeah, snow black. drifted over. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. The soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love the uh, soundtrack. It's the Westworld mix of it, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I think it's the same uh, arrangement of Paint It Black from Westworld. I don't um, know. It's cool though. Like that sat. Like the I, I soundtrack really trailer is cool. <laughs> I mean, they used Beck last year, which was kind of funny when you consider all the dark shit that happened. And then this year, they're like, "Nah, we're just gonna go ahead and make it a little bit more somber, anyways." <laughs> uh, we saw a lot more of. We we keep seeing the cinematic between Drifter, Eris, and the Stranger. 
grow and evolve. We saw the teasers in June. We got uh, this is what I brought here to sh- brought you here to show you, and we see them seeing the pyramid in the ice, and we all go, "Oh shit!" Like that's so cool. That was the reveal trailer, and now we see them saying like, "Oh, and now our and here's our guardian right on time." And then the three of them are fighting with stasis powers. Yeah, they like, yeah. already have stasis. That oh was my the god, thing that dude, I saw. seeing yeah. seeing the stranger have stasis. Yeah, baby, let's go. Yeah, it was cool. I'm excited. And like them using them to throwing up an ice wall. Like them using them together too. Like comboing off each other was really cool. It it was awesome. I got man, I was cheering. I was cheering watching that. I know they can't hear me. They're fictional characters. That was dope as shit. I loved it so much. They're my best friends. Your only (laughs) friends. It was, it was really cool, though. Uh, I really, really like that. We see a little bit more of uh, the uh, Stranger's nifty little companion, which I've now become convinced is some sort of Vex, uh, given some of the Vex that we see later on in the trailer with the uh, the tentacles coming out of them. You, you think it's... I mean, you think it's a darkness version of the ghost? Like, you think, like, if the Stranger dies, it um, revives it? I think it's entirely possible... Like, uh, I said this, I think I said this last week to you. We will figure out what it is this season, and it will be in the Eververse, because Bungie will never miss an opportunity to give us a cosmetic for purchase. No, that's fair. But I feel like what I feel like it's like a heavily modified ghost with Guardian, Exo, and Vex parts in it. They have confirmed it is not ghost. That it is not a ghost of any kind. Luke Smith debunked that the day of the reveal. Well, then guess what, guys? I was wrong. Everyone gets a pizza. <laughs> you you heard Ooh. it here. Corey was wrong. I'm gonna hold you to that. You can't you can't make that claim and not follow through with me. You Don't know, threaten I... me with a good time. Yeah, I mean we uh, we we see a little bit more of what we presume to be areas of the Deepstone Crypt, uh, things underneath the ice, um, the supers in action. God that. The hunter axes look so good. So one of the things that I really like about both the Vidoc and the trailer is they keep showing us pieces of the raid, Mm -hmm. but they haven't told us anything about it. Really? They have said that the raid trailer will come after launch, I believe. Which is fine. Which is which is yeah. honestly like totally fine with me. That was some of my beef with like some of the the past like pre-expansion trailers that they've done is they've kind of revealed a little bit too much. Like with uh I mean to a lesser extent, but with Forsaken they kind of told us a lot about the Dreaming City and a lot about the raid going into that. I like with this, they're showing us just little bits and pieces and letting us guess about it, and then that's it. They're not really giving us a bunch of like content about the raid specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. Um, and it, you know, if theories pan out, um, it would make sense to keep a lot of that a secret right now, mm-hmm. uh, to not set some unrealistic expectations for people who will only be playing the strikes and the base game and whatnot. Um, I think we've seen some of the lost sectors already at this point in this trailer and in the Vidoc. Um, definitely think we've seen a little bit of the strike. I'm just I'm genuinely curious to see what they do with this design because they're touting it as their biggest area ever that they've done. And there's stuff above the ice and below the ice. So like that the entire city that Clovis Bray founded is below the ice. So who knows what we're gonna get to explore and see. Like I, I'm hoping for a place 
that is as rich with secrets as the Dreaming City was. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's yeah. going to be, especially like the way just they're like, don't make me go to the fucking ascendant plane anymore, please. Just like, just the way they talk about the stuff that's below the ice, you know, it's just like, I feel like there's so many layers to this, the, to this location that it's just going to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's ex- and everything in that, like the trailer seems so contrasty with yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at them on top of the ice, you're like, okay, I have an idea of what... It's the ice world. It's like the classic snow level of any video game. And then you're like, oh, no, it's not. Because there's also, like, this broken down city. But then there's also, like, these high-tech places. Like, there's... I like... Because the Dreaming City has, like, I feel like one look throughout. Unless you go to the Ascendant Plane. This location looks like it has three or four different looks to it. Which mm. is really... That's that's what's exciting to me. Other Maybe, than the music. And- music as well. And maybe that's how they're getting around, like, only having two new locations in a major expansion, you know? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, this one location has all these different looks to it. And, uh, you know, they said it's their biggest location thus far, right? Uh, Yes. So, I mean, and they want you to play the... What what were you saying, Nerd? I was going to say is one of the, the, like, common tropes in, like... uh, like MMO games is you have you provide like a big zone but you kind of space it out based on like the content you're providing you have like your low level area of that specific place and then as you gain like more power you you <coughs> your story like takes you away and then brings you back to like the other place maybe they're going to be doing something like that like where we're going to start on top of the ice and then we go away and do something like on you know dreaming city for a little bit and we come back and we go below the ice maybe there's potential there Maybe yeah. I just hope there's more than one fast travel point. <laughs> Why? Yeah, you don't want to start in the same place and drive your tiny sparrow all the way across. That, the that is one of my biggest complaints about the Dreaming City. I hope we don't get sparrows. I think they should just take them away. Make us walk. Everywhere. I hope we get snowboards. Oh no! Snowboards. Awesome. I didn't think it's tricky. <laughs> 1080. Do, we, do we think that we're gonna trudge through the snow like that one clip showed? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Yes. Once. At least I, once. I hope so. I hope I can look down and see the footprints. Correct. Like in Tomb Raider when they made that such a huge deal in Rise of the Tomb Raider. See the when they were when they were making the original Xbox, I read in a magazine. It's like because there's a hard drive, you'll be able to leave footprints in the footprints in the sand and go back like later in the game, and they'll still be there. And it's like or or not. That's not how hard <laughs> that's drives that's never work. Gonna be a thing. That's right? what uh, what was it? Uh, Peter Molyneux pro- promised that for Fable when it was still called Project Ego. He was like, you can trample on a flower as a child, and when you come back. 20 years later in game time you'll see that part still hasn't grown back i'm like even like eight-year-old me was like the fuck like who wants that in a video game who's to say a new flower wouldn't be growing in eight years right i was like dang like so who's gonna leave that Peter's not only a liar he doesn't know how science works obviously (laughs) perennial oh my god (laughs) go make your cube game and whatever get out of here uh okay so uh any any more thoughts on the on this launch trailer nah no, it's just, just a fun watch yeah it's a real fun watch i'm gonna watch it like every day i'm actually coming. really invested in the lore of the enemies right now too mm-hmm. uh just the way like she punches that server and it just 
ruptures and shatters, you know? Like, I thought uh, that was super cool. It's basically saying we don't need the servitor gods anymore. Yeah. Like, yep. we are we are our own gods. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all I have um, to say. So, all right. So, twab time, guys. Twab. Can, uh, can we just record that? So we what? always have that from now. No, we need to get Hans Zimmer to record it. Yeah, get all super. It's like the Budweiser frogs. Hire them to do twab. All right, let's uh, let's jump on into it, guys. Uh, the first thing here in the twab is progression changes. Uh, talking about the power climb. Uh, so traditionally, right now, you will get you have a weekly that you can do in strikes and in ordeals and in the crucible and gambit and your flashpoint wonderful things like that they are now making it to where and right now you can only earn those one once a week on each character they are now making it to where you can earn powerful rewards all the way up to the new hard cap of 1260 or excuse me hard. the hard cap is 12 the hard cap yeah. is 1250 i apologize the pinnacle cap is 1260 um and the soft cap will be 1200 Nobody um, likes a soft cap. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be doing, you'll be doing the uh, the soft cap, and after that, you will still earn your powerful rewards. Your power rewards is what will build you up towards that hard cap. I think this makes it much more attainable for a lot of people to try and hit yes. that raid race yes. um, on the twenty first. I think this definitely makes it a little bit more simple, and I like that they're changing this. This. This seems a little bit easier, and I like that the exact uh, example that they have given uh, in the powerful reward changes is that, if, for example, if you don't want to do Ordeal Nightfalls, you no longer have to do Ordeal Nightfalls. And thank God, thank God, I don't have to do Ordeal Nightfalls anymore. If I don't, I mean, technically, to. you don't have to do them now. I do them now because they're tied to seasonal quests. Um, so I will continue to do them if they're tied to a seasonal quest or to the new uh, ornaments for the pinnacle weapon of the season that we've heard about. I'm sure they'll tie into that. But I don't feel like I have to force myself to do it in order to hit a certain level to do an activity as soon as it comes out. Uh, I guess that's more of what I'm getting at. And in future seasons, I'm excited to not have to deal with it as much. I personally do not like the Ordeal Nightfalls. I do not like Champions. Uh, They do not add anything to the game except for immense frustration. It is not a fun mechanic. And as you get into master levels or um master and whatever comes right before that it gets increasingly more annoying because you have match game on and now with the fourth element that's going to be even more annoying um so tell us is, how you really feel i was waiting for I, I, i've been saying it for a whole tell year tell me more i absolutely do not i know approximately one person who likes to champion system and you know we just disregard a1 johnny so i love a1 uh, johnny i love a1 johnny um he's okay He's, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a nice young man. Um, but yeah, they literally say, they're like, if you just want to play Strikes or Crucible matches all day every day, you'll continue to earn powerful rewards. Which um, is good. And I mean, let yeah, people it, do more of the same things that yeah, they want to do. They say it is quicker to go do your uh, powerful rewards sources, but I like that, okay, I don't have to go force myself to go do Garden of Salvation, for example, to get a powerful drop. I can go hang out in Strikes, or like, you know, I can go hang out in Vanguard Strikes, or in Crucible, or in Gambit with a group of friends and earn. You know, it may be only like every three or four matches I'm getting a powerful drop, but I can still grind out that way and not completely hate my life. Yeah, I think it's important. Like, if I have a day that I want to play Destiny, mm-hmm. like, 
right now, like I will literally play until I do the stuff that I have to do. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to quit. And it's just like, I could, would, would potentially spend more time in it, but I might not have time next week. The whole like time gated thing, like where it's like, I've exhausted what I can do this week is not a good system to enable people to play that they want to play. And yes, some people will absolutely grind and get rid of everything within the first couple days, like and be at like max power. Cause that's what people do, but they should also be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I think this makes playing in that gameplay loop, especially in the opening weeks of a season when we're trying to explore everything, we're trying to do everything. A lot of quests will require us to go do multiple different activities. This makes it rewarding. Also, for those who may accidentally claim their powerful rewards early because they completed four matches, like me, um, you can still earn those. Um, it's not like the ones where you go back to the tower and you can just decline. Like When you finish your three strikes for the week, it dumps that right into your inventory. Um, I think this will help with that also. Like, oh, you got it, and it's just it's so early on in, in Beyond Light, you didn't want that. I got to go fire up some alternate characters now. Like, no, 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 you can keep playing on your main. Um, yep. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. Um, the The next thing that we get to, um, they talk about uh, tokens and collections uh, real quickly. Um, they say guard, uh, gear received from collections and turning in tokens. Uh, so at Shax or at Zavala, not at Drifter, because Drifter's never had tokens, um, will have lower power than in previous seasons. I guess they don't want you just spamming tokens. Um, I mean, I've seen some streamers that have already saved up like fifteen to 20,000 Vanguard tokens or Crucible tokens ready to just spam them for gear like we did in Shadowkeep. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, it's not going to work like that anymore. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so what's the... I don't understand really the point of the token system anymore. Like, they... I know that at a certain point, with, like, especially with Shacks, there was, like, the... Uh, certain weapons like went into the loot pool at a certain point and you can you can get different rolls on them or something but like i don't know go ahead see if you let me know what you what you think so to my understanding there is there's a vendor refresh happening this fall and so like um i don't see a problem with the initial light being lower because if it has the stats that i want i'm gonna infuse it Mm-hmm. If it's the roll that I want on a gun, I'm going to do that. That way, I i mean, yeah, sure, I'm going to get 99% of my rolls like I always do just through playing. Just, I, I don't turn in tokens. I've got so damn many tokens sitting in my vault or in my inventory. I just want to delete them all because I don't care. Um, I haven't. I legit have not turned any tokens, I don't think, since the first week of Shadowkeep. I, I just don't mm-hmm. see it. Like you, I don't see a point in it. But if they have weapons that are worth grinding the roll out on. For example, Outrageous Fortune with Spike Nades is one of the better Spike Day launchers right now. And it goes forward with you, uh, unlike some of the others. So I was going to turn in tokens to Zavala until I got it, and I got it in my first world drop after Season of Arrival started. Cool. Didn't need to do that. But that is a Vanguard weapon, for example. Uh, what they say here is gear bought through token purchase is going to be 20 below your power level and collection buybacks will be capped at 1050 power. So basically they're saying, cool, you can pull that out of collections but you're still going to need to infuse something to get it up. So is it worth pulling that curated roll or should you just save it in your vault and just move it over? So I think like for those of us who just like delete exotics and are like, ah, we're in an activity where this exotic would be useful. I'm going to buy it between gambit rounds. Like, nah, you might still need to infuse that. You're in a strike, you might need to infuse that. 
Uh, I don't know if this applies to exotics. I'm just kind of using that as an example. I'm assuming that it works the same way. I would too. Um, but I like that. I, and I'm taking that to mean pinnacles. Like uh, if you pull your Braytech Werewolf curated rollout, for example, it's going to be capped at 1050. You better infuse that sucker up. Um, I don't know. I don't see a huge problem with this ultimately. It's just maybe keep resources on hand and don't you know spend everything. Keep, keep some blues on hand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I guess my argument, and I we don't need to talk about it any anymore because it's really not super relevant. But it was just like I was kind of arguing against the whole token system as a whole. Oh yeah, no, I f- fully agree, completely agree. Token system needs to go away. They desperately need to rework that, and we're getting to that. I believe that they're actually getting rid of some of the tokens. Uh, I think they mm-hmm. mentioned that later on. Um, yep. In the economy changes, which is the next section, materials with no home. Um, no changes to the currencies of the planets that are going away in this season. You'll be able to consp- continue to spend them at vendors normally. Uh, but starting in season 13, phase glass needles, alkaline dust, simulation seeds, and seraphite will no longer be accepted by vendors. Uh, for those of you who still have unspent stockpiles at the end of season of the hunt, Spider will offer a small glimmer exchange to take them off of your hands. But you'll realize the best value by spending them before that point. So turn in your stockpiles before the end of next season. I kind of wonder what they mean by this because three of those vendors are quite literally dead. Um, they are actually dead. They are not just chilling on those planets. They are dead. Well, can't you trade them in for like spider? I mean, well, yeah, not just spider, but can't you trade some of them in for like, uh, what do you like the infusion cores or whatever at at Banshee or whatever? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I for- you can I trade them in I for for gear do. drops now too as well they, so they, they might be saying like hey go trade them yeah. in now as well before yeah. these keep yeah i'm not i'm not sure um and then other tokens will be removed from your inventory at the end of season of arrivals some like faction tokens have not had a purpose in quite a while like others like expired ramen coupons never really no. had a purpose, but held sentimental value we know it will be hard to part with those but it's time to let them go no it's I'm not gonna, i'm gonna print mine I'm let me have it, it. That's what uh, that people were yelling at damage about it on Twitter, and he was like, "Nope, they're going away. It needs to happen. Accept it, print it out, frame it, put it on your wall. If it matters that much to you, how rude!" I'm gonna create an Etsy store with all of the things that were being dismantled, and I'm gonna sell a physical version. That's so. So some of the things that are going away that we weren't (laughs) quite sure that are for sure going to go away, uh, Faction Wars materials, the ramen coupons, dance party keys, um, Five of Swords challenge cards, uh, all bounties and quests from Season of the Forge, Drifter, and Opulence, all ritual and pinnacle weapon quests. Uh, This gear will become available in our Monument to Lost Lights exotic archive. I do wonder if that means things like Mountaintop and Recluse's quests, or maybe not because they are tied to triumphs more than anything adventure tokens um luda palooza keys lost memory fragments notes from cade uh cage treasure maps uh all gambit synths gambit moat gambit prime moats obviously um yeah there is a lot of stuff that is going to leave uh which remember faction wars remember factions yeah that you know i miss dead orbit (laughs) I really miss it. They're all still there, just kind of chilling. <laughs> yeah. What's her face from Future War Cults just sitting up in that little tower, like that little hallway by herself, <laughs> like just she's just chilling in that room by herself, like right. 
what what's she doing up there you know like i mean at least at least the new monarchy guy and the dead orbit guys are like walking around downstairs she's just chilling in this room by herself is it like a cocoon is she charging because she's an exo does she have like batteries in her she, ass that she has to charge matrix, man like what is she she's doing get out of there socialize <laughs> be be yeah. i don't know moving along uh, She's not eating you, sandwiches, uh, I'll tell you that. Go on mute. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> That's what she's doing. She's turning it into the Towers Earl of Sandwich. She's doing it. Could you please get me an Earl of Sandwich? I hate you. Why do you do this before? <laughs> Maybe she just has, she's like a bad sandwich choice and she's been like shunned to this little like. <laughs> Naughty room. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she gave somebody like a holiday sandwich instead of a Hawaiian barbecue or something. Mm. Um, moving on to actual content. Damn it. I want a Hawaiian barbecue <laughs> so bad now. Um, so hungry. I started they, uh, they I started this weird diet this week and it's just like there's just no food in my stomach ever. It feels like uh, it's terrible. Gross. Sorry, continue. More for you. Um, they talk about overhauling bounties just a little bit. Um, shifts to seasonal bounties and reduced importance to earning on earning seasonal currency and seasonal progress. Um, I really like that because it felt like that was where you were getting the most progress from was by grinding the seasonal event, like the uh, recaster or, or yeah towers. You were trapped. You, I mean, yeah. you were trapped behind doing the all of the seasonal bounties for this season. I mean, that was my one gripe, is that you had yeah. to do bounties every you single week. You had to granted. level the recaster up 21 times to get the full benefits. Correct. 21 times. And the only way you made sustainable progress on that was by doing the weeklies on multiple yes. characters. It was yes. real bad. Yes. I didn't have any trouble. It was real bad. I did not enjoy it. Um the extended season made it not feel as bad, but had it been the real length, uh, and I had only done it on one character, I think I would have gotten to enjoy maybe a month and a half of the perks, and that was it. And by then, I was so burned out anyways, I was, I quit for a while. Um, they said, one of the plans that they're previewing is to eventually replace the weekly bounties with a new mechanism to provide players with a set of non-expiring and account-scoped objectives each week that will grant lots of seasonal rank progress. They're still working on the system and will share more on it before its targeted release of uh, Season 13, which is the uh, season next spring now uh, in February. Okay. I okay. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have... Until we know what's going on here, we can't say if we like or dislike that. Um, I will say, in theory, I think that's a good idea. Because that's the reason why a lot of us do bounties. We're not... Outside of the couple from Banshee, or the ones that give us Bright Dust, we're really not doing it because we're bored. We're doing it because we want that seasonal progress. Just make it something different. Again, my, like, my issue with the bounties are I'm doing the same three things... Every right. single week. Uh, the well, one, the, the, so the one thing I was going to say that they did write about this season is the, the seasonal loop or the weekly loop did lead to like progressive story content. Like we got yep. new story content with interference every couple weeks. So yeah. that was nice. But like I don't want to do a public event 
and they go do a strike and they go do this, like make it something different. Well, and I like, I think that's, I think you're talking about just like overall seasonal structure. I I think what I'm talking about are the weeklies you pick up from the actual recaster, like the Uh, go, for example, like the kill 150 taken on IO or something. Um, I get Yeah. Yeah. Things like that, that reward just a gigantic chunk of XP. Um, if you we shift away from having to do that or having to get like 150 hive kills or 150 fallen kills when there's only one fallen strike in the game, like nobody is going to have to load into Exodus Crash ever again if they do this properly, um, which just would be a godsend because I think all of us get like two thirds the way through and then quit right before the boss and reboot it to keep getting our kills. Um, that that would be a, a welcome change to me. And that kind of ties into our next topic, which is the Bright Dust. Because um, when we talk about weekly bounties, you can't escape why. The other reason why we all grind those out on multiple characters, and that's for the Bright Dust value. Um, they've made a lot of changes, and the community is really divided on this one right now. I, a lot of people are very angry about this change. Um the season passes you've come to know since Shadowkeep staying largely the same. New weapons and armor to earn off both the free and own paths. Uh, but we are adding Bright Dust to the season pass. The free path will now offer 7,500 Bright Dust. And the season pass own path will earn uh, will offer an additional 3,000 Bright Dust. So uh, a little over 10 a little over 10k Bright Dust. Uh, and the weekly bounties are going to be reduced from 200 Bright Dust down to 100. Um with these changes, vast majority of players will be earning more Bright Dust than before. Uh, one of our goals here is not to have a system that pushes you to try and grind out every weekly bounty on all three characters every single week. Whether you're a three-player character or only play a hunter, Bright Dust will be more available when earning ranks on the Season Pass. Uh, and they're going to be making a change to the timing of Season Pass rank purchases, but we don't talk about that. They are going to have plans for improving how you earn Bright Dust coming next season, in Season 13. Um... <clears throat> I, I I guess I'll give my two cents and then I'll open the floor up. I I think this is a good change. I think this is a welcome change. Um, I was somebody who, especially this season, I was starting to play more on alternate characters just to earn some extra bright dust. But even with a single character, like I wasn't buying everything in the store. I was probably spending around 10k a season, honestly. Um, this lets me keep my kind of keep my stocks up. Like not like I need anymore. I'm sitting at like 50k, but. I enjoy buying uh, any ornaments that pop up, like the occasional cosmetic. Um, And the weeklies, sure, they're being cut in half, but unless you were one of those who was playing all three characters every single week, doing every single Bright Dust bounty, like you're not really going to see a dip. You're probably going to earn a little bit more, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they say here, like I... I have so many friends who are just like, yeah, I don't even bother picking up the strike ones just because it's insufferable to go do like the kill 150 fallen or like I have to get 150 art kills and 150 void kills in a week. Like that means I'm going to be doing more than three strikes. Most likely mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Like you keep saying play how I want. That's not letting me play how I want. That's pigeonholing me into a corner. So I don't know. I, I personally really like this change. Uh, I like that they listen to the feedback. Uh, what a long road we've gone down from getting a thousand bright dust. I think the season that Shadowkeep launched to now getting ten k. Yeah, it sounds uh, like. But, I mean, they put us up to like two or three last season. I think too. Yeah, it sounds like a good change, honestly. Like, it, especially yeah. for like solo character players. 
I think. Which, let's be honest, that is the vast, vast, vast majority of the player base. Mm -hmm. I also Um, wonder what percentage of, like, when you play on all three characters, people that do that, there are people that legitimately do that, but I wonder how many of those other people only play on three characters for shit like this. Like, they're just trying to enable it so you, you don't have to be so obsessive. Mm-hmm. over getting everything that you could ever possibly get, which it's I think is faster. a good thing. It's kind of blowing my mind that so many people in the community right now are like, oh my god, why would you do this? Like, leave that option there for people who want to torture themselves. And I'm like, no, it's about keeping parity, keeping everybody kind of in the same wheelhouse. Like, it's giving everybody the opportunity to get more stuff. Like, okay, if you're really that upset, keep grinding out your weeklies on our characters. I think they said, like, there's like a net drop of, like, 12,000 bright dust if you were grinding out on all three characters compared uh, from what you could get in uh, a typical season to next season and I'm like guys it's it's fine you're okay there's always repeatables for you to go grind out if you really got to keep getting that bright dust every week steal mm-hmm. your mom's credit card and use yeah. and buy some silver it's just like uh, like a people, normal kid the people who remember the 99.99 package is the best value kids <laughs> Remember the the RuneScape premium membership is what you want. Um, it's just one of those things. Like I feel like the people who are complaining about this and who are like legitimately upset, it is less than a fraction of a percent of the player base. I think ultimately, um, I I have to remind myself that like the whole player base is not on Reddit or on Twitter at all Correct. times. Like you're talking most, about the most vocal yes people, you not ta- necessarily the majority. You're talking about the people who have made this not only their main game, but in some cases like. Uh, my buddy Matt, who's going to join us uh, for doing the Deepstone Crypt, he uh, Destiny was his only game for like a year and a half, and then he he basically took almost all of Shadowkeep off because he was just so burned um, from playing so much vanilla D two and then so much Forsaken that he was like, I can't do this. He I caught I, on I, fire. He pretty much did. Uh, he went and played a whole lot of other things. He was like, Hey man, you ever heard of this game, The Witcher Three? It was pretty great. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard of The Witcher like four years ago. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Um, Such a good game. Yeah, so, so things like that. It's these are the people that I feel like Bungie is talk trying to talk directly through the screen to when they say we want to be a game in your library and in your rotation. We do not want to be your only game. It is healthy to play other things. These are I the think, people that we talk about. The whales. I think coming to Game Pass is also part of that. Yep. Because yep. it's like hey, like they don't want to occupy like they don't you're not going to buy game pass just to get destiny no mm-hmm. but you should be able to play that and play everything else on game pass or all the and other games on Pass you want i also think that i mean Corey and i've talked about this before i think that there is going to be a game pass perk package at some point or that the twitch prime packages will start throwing some bright dust in there um as other avenues to be like, like, hey, you use these other services, we're going to reward you for that. We're going to throw in like an extra little incentive if you're a part of these. So this is really cool. I like this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think this is ultimate. This is more friendly to about 99% of the player base, though. Yeah. Uh, I know me, like, that's about what I was earning in a season as a solo player. And that was even with me going in on some alternate characters each week. Uh, not even each week, but just like on weeks when Mayhem came up is when I was earning an extra like 800 or something. Yeah. Uh, just Crucible. Because uh, I do the previous weekend, I do that week. Uh, this isn't counting seasonal events. So, like this isn't counting extra dawning events that you have. It's not counting like Guardian Games, Solstice, Festival of the Cost, uh, 
what it crimson days you know all those like it's not counting any of those types of activities either so i feel like that's can, something else that needs to be pointed out can we just get a list of all of josh's alternate like season and event names season of the cost season of the worthless you should at the at the end of a season when they have the roadmap you should redo the roadmap with whatever you named whatever it is that they had oh, oh my and God. make a sh- and make a shirt out of it and boom tower casuals merch let's go there you go Let's go, Corey. It, it'll go alongside the sandwich casuals. Mm-hmm. I actually thought if of you... a really good logo for sandwich casuals, Josh. It's the uh, it's the Earl of Sandwich logo, but instead of the Earl in the middle, it's Zavala, and like, oh my god, you monster! Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I would shamelessly buy that and promote it to everybody. I would probably just get it for you and just send it to you. <laughs> only uh, this, one of one we have a couple more changes we got to get through real quickly here uh regarding spider uh spider will no longer sell legendary shards uh it was removed mainly because it was not seeing enough use uh compared to the other exchange offers um it was an easy decision to free space for something much more interesting in place of the legendary shard exchange like i know approximately like three people who are upset about that uh, because they never have materials, and I don't know how you run out of legendary shards, but here we are. Um, Some of us do. S- he will yeah. now sell... I, I have a feeling they're going to have to bring back legendary shards because of this next one. Uh, he is now going to be selling enhancement prisms. Um, yes! 400, 400 legendary shards per prism. Ew, what? Um, yeah, that is a very steep cost. I think that will be adjusted. If not, they will flat out bring back being able to buy shards from him i think 400 uh, 400 what i don't think i've ever had and, 400 well, legendary so shards in my life hold on if you factor in how you could buy enhancement mm-hmm. prisms before it actually was a lot more costly yeah i think uh, so I like think, before you would have I had to know. buy enhancement cores yep from him using legendary shards it was ridiculous and then you had to buy 10 enhancement cores just to go through and uh and get an enhancement prism it's it's gonna save you actually and and they say that he is stingy with these you can only purchase three a week from him if you want to purchase more than that go to banshee essentially um, but we wanted to give those of you with higher balances a way to transmute your legendary shards into something a little more valuable than planetary materials and upgrade modules uh, they've also taken a look at the Enhancement Core Exchange, and uh, the Ascending Cost mechanism has been removed in his place. Spider will now sell you five Enhancement Cores a day for a fixed price of 30 Legendary Shards apiece. This does limit the number of cores you can acquire from him, but we feel a consistent price is of clearer experience with less chance to accidentally spend large quantities of shards. It is also cheaper. In the old purchase model, you would pay 310 shards for five cores because it went on a scale of 10, 20, 40, 80, and then 160. In the new model, you only pay 30 shards each, which equals out to 150 shards for five cores. Um, again, I, I think this this is a common sense move. Um, no, you know what's common sense? Putting a spider vendor in the tower. Uh, that that is that is yet another gripe. I really hope that that is a secret mechanism, especially with him being the seasonal vendor. Just send or one, the seasonal quest gift. Just send one of them weird guards that he has with him up to the tower and Bruh, just make him the send, put Aldrin in the tower as the hunter vanguard, but make him a spider emissary also. I'm just saying. I don't Actually, know why we can 
We put can fucking teleport places. Why can't I just go into my ghost and be like, oh, I need more of these things? Dude, it's so bad. I, <laughs> I truly cannot get over how bad it is. I do think it's going to be drastically better with these new load times. Um, it will. It will. Jump, which I, I believe all four of us are making the jump. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll be making it a little later than you guys, okay. I think, but I will be making the jump, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, like for for nerd or for not for nerd for uh, for Colonel Corey and myself, uh, we're gonna be, you know, rejoicing in that, and I think that'll keep the keep the sting down a little bit because it is mainly console players who are like, give me an emissary. It takes like. 10 minutes to go round trip if you gotta run to, if you're in the tower and you realize you need materials you gotta run to spider you gotta go to spider then you gotta go back to the tower and that's so much loading like I can legitimately cook dinner in the time it will take to do those things Tess you Everest cook a, you cook a lot in the microwave if I can access <laughs> Tess Everest from the director I should be able to access spider and the bounty robot change my mind yeah why isn't there like just like a vendor like menu thing you know, like, oh, I need, I forgot to pick up my strike bounties. Let me click on the Zavala vendor thing. Oh, man, at the, at neat. the time of this recording, there's only 12 days left before I get a new Xbox. Yeah, dude. It's I, a good I, thing I, you can't man, see from the waist down. I'm on beta track right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's why his monitor was in the way, actually, for the first time. Putting a monitor down there is the new books over my waist. <laughs> The, uh, the final update that they have for us, um, well, the second to last update, I guess, is uh, regarding uh, ghost mods. Uh, a lot of us have been wondering if Speed Demon was going to take up one of our slots, so like maybe we wouldn't be able to get Guiding Light or something like that. And they said, good news, you don't have to. Starting in Beyond Light, all Sparrows, Legendaries, and Exotics alike will innately summon instantly, even without the Transmat Preloader perk. As a result, there is... Yes, there is no need for a ghost mod to impact this functionality, so Speed Demon was not carried forward. If you are already driving around a Sparrow with Transmat Preloader, you can keep using it and it will work just fine. Or you can pull it from collections again and get two new perks. Newly created Sparrows will no longer roll with that, so you have a chance to get yourself an extra perk and still retain that instant summon and speed. Um, love it. This, this is people perks, literally been asking for this for three years now. Um, this is just this is a small little QLL thing that we're like, oh, that's cool. It's like a little note, but like really, it's gonna make a difference. It's gonna make a difference when you're exploring those big open areas. Um, and of course, our last thing is regarding Eververse. You cannot ever get out of something about the economy without talking about Eververse. Mm -hmm. um, starting mm -hmm. next season. Bright Engrams will now contain all Eververse content from Season 1 to three seasons prior to the current season, excluding content from events like Festival, The Cost, and The Dawning. Uh, practical examples include Season 12, which is this coming season. Bright Engrams will contain all content from Seasons 1 through 9. Season after that, Season 13 will contain all content from 1 through 10. So, uh, as always, when you open more Bright Engrams, your chances for earning things you don't own increases. There will be instances of duplicate drops, but the Engram will be weighted to grant you things you might be hunting. Thank God. Thank God. This There's so many things that never came back from year one or from year two that are wep uh, weapons or armor. <laughs> That are that are weapons nice. or um, you know we weapon skins or 
armor skins that are coming back. I'm really excited for all of this. This is, again, this is another no-brainer to me. But it is one of those that, like, if you, you've been playing for a while, you should be able to get the things you're hunting. If you haven't, congratulations, your loot pool is going to keep growing. So it's going to be more of a game of chance. <laughs> I think all this is fine. If I stop getting the year one sparrows and ghosts, we'll be good. Yeah. I'm so tired of getting those useless, generic ghost shells and sparrows that just get deleted. And I don't even get bright dust for them anymore. So get those I out of here. I was so annoyed with every time I would get an Eververse Engram, I would open it and it would be shaders. And I don't have any shader room. So it would go to my postmaster and then my postmaster's full of shaders. So I put them in the vault, and then the vault's full of shaders that I actually, like, like about a week ago, I dismantled every shader I had. Every single one. Yep. It's just like, enough's enough. Yeah, yeah I, I, can't, I can't do it. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. They need to add... Um, are, are finishers in the pool for, like, Engrams? I don't think I've ever gotten a finisher from, a, uh, like, a bright Engram before. They've not, they have not put them into the bright Engrams, but when they... So they say... I want to read the exact wording here. They say all Eververse content. So I assume that means the yeah. first wave of finishers from Undying will now be a part of the loot pool. Good. Good. Uh, I like that. And it's it's something that I was saying a while back. I had different ideas for how it would be implemented, though. I suggested maybe Zur could sell uh, an exotic skin or something, like one a week or something like that. Uh, Zavala could sell some of the legendary ones, whatever. Um, this this is a no-brainer move. It, everybody wins. Like If you really want that specific item that is up for silver, you can buy it, or you can wait for it to show up for either for Bright Dust in a future season, or for it to be in the Engram pool. Um, this also is a really good time to plug the website that I use to figure out what's going to be in Eververse every week, which is todayindestiny.com. I go to Eververse Weekly on there, and it has saved me a lot of silver. You can see what's going to be up for Dust for the entire season within a day or two of the season starting. And you're going to see how much it'll cost you, too. It's fantastic. Very so, fantastic. Yeah, very it. fantastic. Very very lovely. Um, oh. Nice young man runs it. Um, yeah, so any any more thoughts on Eververse, Bright Ingrams, or anything else before we get out of the Schwab? Because I think that's all we got here. No, I think... I think... Uh, I just want to play, man. I just want to... Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. I'm like... Yeah, I mean we're only what at this point twelve days away, ten days, twelve, right? Twelve. Twelve at the time of recording. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So only one more episode. I want to know guys. what everybody's. I want to know what everybody's uh, work excuses are. I'm for getting out. That's what I want to know. I just put it on the calendar. Joe not here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I did. I didn't. I don't give a reason. Just put that I'm not gonna be here. I don't. I don't have. An yeah. Excuse. Uh, this is. Yeah. This is the first time since since Destiny Two came out that I haven't had to make an excuse up to the same company. Um, <laughs> I literally had to make up excuses to the same company and the same boss for like three or four years in a row, and she could never figure out why I was always taking a random Tuesday in the middle of uh, September off. <laughs> so well, now you guys don't have to wonder. So. Uh, yeah, I'm 
man, I'm excited. It's It's been a very long wait, and I've gotten quite impatient over the last month waiting for this. I know. But it's, it's almost here. It's it's literally on our doorstep. They've said pretty much all they have left to tell us is uh, they're going to give us a big preview of the patch notes next Thursday. Uh, the patch notes, of course, will go live on Tuesday. Um, when Beyond Light is downloading, they'll probably put them up that morning, as is tradition. Um, anything juicy that comes out of that that we don't cover next week, uh, Corey and I will talk about in our first episode after Beyond Light drops. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm excited, man. I I can't wait. I can't wait to see like I want to watch. I want to see more of of the Stranger and the Drifter and Eris using this the Stasis powers in some sort of cool cutscene. Yeah. I definitely think that there is a lot they have not shown us from the very beginning of Beyond Light, which is refreshing. Oh, yeah. um, when we think about the reveal in Shadowkeep, for example, of the pyramid, no- nobody knew that was coming. They hid it in plain sight in one of the trailers, and nobody caught it. Uh, they very quickly showed the pyramid. Nobody noticed it. And when you round that corner on the moon, like you're you're in the middle of one of the coolest opening missions I think they've ever done. Mm-hmm. And you round that corner and you're just like, I, I'm literally, I'm just, I'm talking with Matt. We're, we're running along. Like we're jumping through the cracks and everything. And we turn around and we're like, oh shit. Oh God. Oh my God. They're already here. Oh no, this is bad. This is yeah. not good. This is suboptimal. This is uh, bad. This is bad. This is some, we did not expect the pyramids <laughs> to be here for another expansion or two. Um, yeah. At the time, I really love that they're building on that. And it's not just like automatically like all out. Here you go. You're fighting. You're fighting new race. Like, I still think they could pull a fast one on us and throw the veil in this. I don't, don't think they will. I don't think it's going to be Forsaken style. Uh, Luke Smith directly addressed that today, actually, and said, um, this is not as big as Forsaken. It's bigger than Shadowkeep, not as big as Forsaken, uh, because they don't have two extra studios working on the game like they did with Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have High Moon or Victorious Visions working on it anymore. Um, yeah. It is what it is. It, it's just Bungie. They're trying to make it from home right now. It's important to remember all of the seasonal content will have been made from home. A giant chunk of Beyond Light was made at home. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh, one other little juicy detail he gave out today. I probably should have said this in all the changes. Transmog. Uh, they did address Transmog today on Twitch Gaming. Uh, you do not have to have your armor stored up in the vault or in your inventory. It will instead, uh, the game will recognize that you have something in collections and allow you to make the transmogged piece from there. As it should be. As it should. We all felt that that was the common sense thing, but there's a reason why they went dark on it for about six months. It's They literally told us when they decided they were going to do it as a gesture of good faith to a very upset community during Season of Dawn and Season of Worthless and told us, like, we promise this is coming. It won't be until later in Beyond Light, but it's coming. The current thought is that it will likely come with the Vault of Glass mm-hmm. updates. Um probably beginning of next summer um i don't think it's going to be ready for season 13 i I think they would have told us that already Mm -hmm. um and i think that's another interesting question is does the seasonal structure now shift do the expansions come out do the expansions come out in november now Um, because otherwise you're only going to get three seasons this year unless some of them are shorter which i'd be okay with shorter seasons but yeah like i mean what would be the wrong with like a six week season or an eight week season instead of you know three months, four months, you know? Well, yeah, especially now that you have more time to get through the seasons, you have a whole year to do the content also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Well, gentlemen, 12 days, one episode left of Tower Casuals before Beyond Light. Excitement level, scale 1 to 10. 15. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's if there's a number above, t- I mean, right now I, I'd say I'm probably sitting at a 10. It's going to go up above 10 once I see that tracking uh, email come out for my console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, they haven't I, charged me for my pre-order yet for Beyond Light. I'm concerned. That that doesn't charge. If it's a digital one, it won't charge until the week of. Uh, oh, I thought it was like two weeks before. Oh. It's it's like seven to ten days before, I believe. Mm. Um, because that's... I actually talked to the Microsoft store yesterday. I was worried about my Series S because it still says pending, and it said pending for my payment for like three weeks now. Uh-huh. And they're like, uh, they're like, no, we're going to start charging this coming weekend so we can start shipping them out. Um, they'll be shipped to, uh, to FedEx or UPS or whoever's handling them, and it'll just... The courier will have a note that says, do not deliver before this date. Mm. Um, I fully expect them to start arriving early, though. Cool. Yeah, there's way too many Xboxes out in the wild, I feel like, yeah. to be, yeah. like, super strict about it. It's given them to enough influencer or influencers, it's like, enough streamers and content creators who have, like, 3,000 subs that I feel like at this point they'll just yes. send I just, out. I just told Microsoft not to send me mine because I want to explore it with everybody else like a real person. That's noble. <laughs> That's why I don't have mine, guys. Good for you. I told PlayStation the same thing. Mm. And they're like, who's this? <laughs> who's this other generic hey. white guy on the internet trying to do a oh podcast? <laughs> well, you said it, not me. I'm not I know. Uh, speaking of generic white guys, this has been Tower Casuals, your <laughs> Destiny podcast. Here on that was Games. a really excellent segue. I like that. You're welcome. Uh, you can find us every Thursday live here on Boss Rush uh, Games Live on Twitch. You can also find us on Fridays, although my work schedule is weird, so it might go up later than normal tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to try to get it up, but uh, mm. you'll find it on Friday, maybe Saturday morning. We'll, we'll see. We'll We'll figure it out, everybody. It's not a, it's not a big deal. So, uh, nerd journalist, thank you for joining us. Where can we find you? Uh, at n generalist on Twitter. Nice, Joe. Check the show notes. I'm Colonel Panic on Twitter. I'm other places too, but Twitter's a gateway drug for me. He's everywhere. I'm everywhere He's and everywhere. nowhere. Everywhere. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Sunday nights on Arsenal X here on Boss Rush Games Live. You, you can also find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Finn. Finn with two N's as always. Uh, again, you know, just like it has been the last couple of weeks, uh, the building anticipation for, for Destiny, the paranoia over my pre-order, and uh, the beginning of, uh, of a new project. Uh, starting Beyond Light Day, uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Josh underscore Finn. So nice. Excited to do that too. Nice. By the way, there'll be a link in the show notes and on bossrushgames.com slash live. Uh you can find me at I am HD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh I think I'm gonna start streaming too at some point because uh there's a little behind the scenes uh jargon for like a minute. Some there's some structural changes going on at Boss Rush Games, and I am solely focusing on arsenal x and this show uh which is gonna actually give me some free time to do things 
because it's been a long time since I've been able to do things. You know, we're gonna sh we're gonna stream our world's first win, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're streaming. I don't yeah. Why are you laughing? This guy. <laughs> you don't know. I know. you know what, Joe? I know. I know. That's a lot of win. laughs for yes. a guy with a quarter of a TARDIS behind him. Okay. Yeah. Quarter. Oh. That's. I mean, that's not my TARDIS. Do you call so. that a cordis? <laughs> that's not my TARDIS. <laughs> that that that's the episode name right there. That's not my TARDIS. Remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you consume our show. I want to thank everybody for watching us. And uh, until next time, we love you. Goodbye. I really think you should just like deadpan cut the recording off right there when he says that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>